do that. Amen. Let's all stand together, Matthew chapter 26. If you're a guest today, welcome. I'm glad you're here. We're going to stand in the honor of the Word of God, just a tradition that we have. I want all of our guests today to know, and I want all of our membership to know today, that when our guests come, we want them to feel very comfortable. We want them to feel the love of God. And we want our guests and we want new people from our community to know that you can definitely come to our church the way that you are. But we will tell you at our church, as the Spirit begins to move and the Word goes forth, it is absolutely impossible to stay as you are. And this is a great place for people to come in. You don't have to change your life to come here, but the Lord will ask you to change your life and time. You will. It is impossible for us to be saved if we don't change. Impossible. And uh, it's, it's worthy. I think he's worthy of it. I'm not afraid of change. But I do want our guests to know you don't have to wear certain clothes to come here. You don't have to come in here and get rid of your addictions before you come here. You can come here and you can wear, as long as you're covered up good, you can, you can cover up how appropriately and come wearing what you feel, what you normally wear. Don't, don't be shocked by us and how we live. Some of us like to dress up a little bit still. We've got a little bit of old-fashioned church in us. But we're down-to-earth people, and we want all of our community to know we're here for this community. We're probably the largest church of this entire area that I know of, and we want to be here for this community. We want people to feel love. Thank you to our church members for letting people feel love when they come in, regardless of how they look or how they live. I'm so thankful we have a loving, accepting church, and we'll love you big, and we'll preach the truth to you big, and that's because we care about you. That's because we love you, and we are going to preach the truth. I don't care what happens in this world. We are going to preach the truth. There is no shutting down the church. It's not going to happen. We're going to preach the truth and we're going to love people. And we're not going to live in fear. We're going to love people and we're going to love people and we're going to preach the truth to people. I think the problem is, is as Christians, we don't, we don't get the order right. We preach the truth and then we try to throw some love in there. But we're supposed to make sure that love is number one. Love is the platform in which truth moves through. Love is the vehicle for which truth gets from point A to point B. Do you know why truth is our first pick and not love? It makes us feel powerful. Love makes us lose. Truth makes us strong. Love is first. Everybody say love is first. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and love thy neighbor as thyself. And all the law and the prophets will hinge on those, on those first two laws. And I want everyone that comes to our church to feel love. I don't care if you're homosexual. I don't care if, you're, if you identify as some other gender. I don't care. I want you to feel love when you come here. But when you get here, we're going to preach the truth of God's word. Because we love you. And we are not against anybody. We are not against anybody. I, I, politics, I don't care. Whatever. Do what you feel like doing. The Lord's in charge of kings and presidents anyway. Vote how you want to vote. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Vote your convictions. But enough politics. We're going to love people. We're going to preach the truth. We are. That's what we're going to do. And we're always operating in fear of people having this or having that. Let's just love people and preach the truth to them. And I'm telling you, it will change our lives. So to our guests, we love you. We're glad you're here. Just come, make yourself a home. And if you can't figure out something we're doing, if you hang around, you'll figure it out in time. You'll figure out in time. Is there a devil in the trash can? Are we all right? <laughs> Israel's over there laughing. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, Matthew 26 and 20. We're going to go to the Word. Uh, 26 and 20 with the 12. 
Jesus did. Now, as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And the Lord does not lie. His word is true. It's, it's sure. It's going to happen. When the Lord says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. He did not reveal immediately who would betray him in this setting. And um, interestingly enough, Easter being next weekend, we, we are approaching that same timeline uh, when we'll celebrate the Lord's resurrection but also remember his death. But this is actually along those same lines previous to the crucifixion and the cross. Jesus is having a meeting with his disciples and letting them know that there will be one that will, one here, one present, will betray me. And they began to be sorrowful in verse 22. Each of them began to say to him, they began to say to him, each of them began to say to him in that public setting, Lord, is it I? Each of them began to look at him and say, Lord, is it me? Contemplating the fact that it could be. Everybody say it could be. It could be any of us. That's the reality. It could be any one of us today. Do you believe that? We're not so righteous that we can't think it could be any of us, right? This is probably one of the biggest issues we have, is that we don't consider, even after three years of walking with Jesus, it still could be me. 30 years having the Holy Ghost, it could still be you. Preaching in a pulpit, it could still be you. And one of the things we do when we find Christ is we begin to get the big head. And we think that we're perfect. And we think that we're beyond having problems. But thank God that the men that Jesus picked to build the church were men that could admit it could be me. I can make mistakes. I can fail. I can betray. It could be me. And they began to ask. That's why they thought that. They began to ask. Could I be the one? Some of you have already tuned me out. You don't like this message already because you have that spirit. You have so much pride. I'm trying to save someone today. I want humility to move in this place today. Look, I'm leading you as your pastor, and I confess I've made mistakes. That spirit's got to get a hold of every one of us. From the top down, it could be me. Jesus' name. It could be. And they begin to ask him one by one. And they begin to say it. But look what happens in verse 23. Then he answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. Now he gets specific. And he begins to reveal specifically who it is that's going to betray him. And the Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man, for that man, if he had not been born. And then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, now, he's, now he says it. Now the twelfth man speaks up. The other eleven did it, but the twelfth man didn't. And the twelfth man who was silent while the eleven were saying it could be me, the real guilty one, the actual guilty one, could not listen to the master, take it seriously, and say it could be me. Jesus had to go a step further and reveal it publicly, make it clear. Whoever dips and shares this bowl, you're the one. It took that revelation for him to say out loud, maybe it's me. 
Look at how long it took for Judas, the betrayer, to consider it could be him. And so Jesus responded and said, you've said it. I really felt today in the Holy Ghost to talk to our church, our guests today, about this subject. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. Some of you are not wrong. If you're not wrong today, you might be wrong tomorrow or five years from now. But you've got to carry with you every day this question. I could be wrong. Not to torment you, not an accusation from the devil, but a reality check that I'm still a human. I walk with Jesus, but I'm a human. Everybody say, I'm a human. Everybody say, I could be wrong. Everybody say, in Jesus' name, you can be seated. Thank you for standing. Let's go to what I feel the Lord is is speaking to us. The world, I don't know if you could agree with this. Maybe you don't have Twitter. Good for you if you don't. Maybe you don't have the news app on your phone. But if you have any connection at all to our world today, you know that our world is getting worse by the day. I know some of you think that your head is in the sand, and if you ignore it, it'll go away, but it won't go away. Um, I don't believe that we should get on the news and try to be scared. I don't believe that we should try to get out on social media apps and find a reason to be afraid. I don't think that's the purpose of the news. We have a nursery if any parents need it. I know we've got a lot of kids in our church, and I'm so thankful for that. But we do have our nursery right over here. Sometimes they get a little loud, need a little snack. So you're welcome to use the nursery. We keep it open for you. That way it's not a distraction for others. Thank you. God bless you. Our world, in my opinion, needs a big old dose of de-escalation. Everybody is on edge right now. Uh, I, I, I don't want to offend anyone anymore because everyone's on edge. Everyone, people have lost their morality. They don't believe in hell. When you don't believe in hell, you do dumb things. When you don't believe that you will burn forever, thank God that's in the Scripture. That keeps a lot of crazy folks from going crazy, or at least it keeps a lot of crazy folks in the box. There's some crazy Christians up in this place right now. If they didn't have Jesus, they'd be out there doing some bad stuff. But some folks in here are smart enough to realize that if I do something dumb, I'm going to go to hell. I'm glad that's in my Bible. That keeps a lot of control and a lot of law and order in our spirits. I don't want to go there. I don't want to disobey the Lord. I don't want to be lost. Our world needs a big old dose of de-escalation. Calm down. Man, everybody is so on edge. Our politicians are trying to one-up each other nonstop. All this next level we're getting to of putting them in jail for everything. Y'all, this, there's no end in sight to this. Our society is on the edge of collapse. You, I know you don't want to talk about it. I know you just want to have a good time. You want to go to the lake. It's real. World leaders are trying to one-up each other. Many of America's revivals want us to fail. Do you all realize that? We are a hated nation by many in the world. Many leaders of the world want to destroy our nation. They've called us a bully. They've called us going after oil money. And while all of that's probably a little true in some way, our nation is not necessarily a Christian moral nation. I'm not surprised that our nation acts that way. That's what happens when you have corrupt leadership. But our nation, they want to destroy this nation, which means they want to destroy us by default. 
And that's the world we're living in. It's getting worse every day. Many of our leaders are too prideful to work together and find common ground. And nobody wants to say, let's fix it. Let's figure it out. And so it just gets worse and just gets more divided. I feel like our nation is on the edge of easily being able to have a civil war again. Unfortunately, that's kind of the toxic spirit of our nation. It's becoming now not political, but it's coming now morality. It's now no longer Democrat-Republican. It's actually turning into Christian and demonic. I got, I got some news for you, though. We don't believe in killing our opponents. Even though we've got more guns, we, we don't believe in killing our opponents. So I'm glad we have all our guns. <laughs> it's cool. Got all these AR-15s, AR-10s, and ammo, but we don't believe in going after the other side. We don't kill demonically possessed people. We pray for them. We pray for our enemies. Yeah, so if that's the world we're living in and it's becoming very much morality versus immorality, then what are we going to do? What are we, what's our, our, our plan and our answer? And, and really more than that, what's, why is it like this? Why are we in this position? I used to think that uh, some time ago we'd all be safe if we could just get away from it all, get in maybe somewhere in the woods and be alone with our families. But now the more I see how our nation is becoming, I have changed my theory on that. I, I think we're going to be safer together. You think I want to be that only family in the middle of the woods by myself defending the crops? Good luck for that. Good luck for that. Go ahead. Go ahead and take your family and say, we'll be safer here. We'll be the only ones with food left. You know who I want to be with in the last days? My brothers who've got my back, my sisters who can take care of things and help me. Wherever you end up in the last days, make sure you got your brother and sister beside you. Whether it's in the woods or in the city, it don't matter. It's going to all get crazy, but make sure you don't get away from the church because we, we are the hope of the world. This assembly right now, we can't stop this thing. If it's not in this building, we got to still get together. We need each other. We need to get closer to each other, move closer to each other, sell your house. They do it for school districts. You can do it for eternity. Why is it quiet? I'll move anywhere as long as my kids get to be in a nice, rich school district that teach them God knows what to. No, I'm going to move closer to where the people of God are at. I'm going to move closer to the people of God. I want to get around the body of Christ. I want to have brothers that have my back when all this craziness gets a little more crazy. I want someone with faith on the phone with me down the road. I want to make sure I've got people that tell me, hey, don't go crazy. Don't go get your AR-15. Don't go out there and lose your soul over it. I need somebody that can talk sense to me in the last days. You know, more than that, I need someone around me that can help me whenever things get crazy, to have humility in this world that wants to bring out a monster. I don't want to be a monster in the last days. I don't want to get triggered in the last days. I want to keep the spirit of Jesus in me to the last moment, and I want to go anti what this world is doing and what is this world doing. What's wrong with our world? Let me tell you what's wrong with our world. America has shifted downhill, especially our nation, when those in power got to, play, got to the place where they no longer have begun to say anymore, 
I'm sorry. I was wrong. And I'll do better. Show me that clip on Fox News. Find me a president that's willing to say those words. I'm sorry, President Trump, that I said that about you. I shouldn't have. I should be more of a morality man. I should be more caring and loving. I'm sorry, President Biden, I shouldn't have tweeted that. That wasn't right of me. Where's that at? It's the opposite of it. We are living in a day right now full of so much pride that those people, our politicians and leaders, would rather not admit they're wrong and this entire nation collapse because men can't look up in the, in the eyes of people and say, I messed up. Y'all agree with me today? Now, I said all that not to change those men because I doubt they'll watch this YouTube channel. I doubt it'll go viral. I said that for you. Because we are the critics of the world. And we have the most difficult time saying the same thing. Right inside of our family relationships. Right inside of our church leadership teams. We can't say it either. And we want to get mad at our government and politicians, but do you not see yourself in them? I do. I see myself in them. I see me in this world, and I don't want to be like this world. And I'm telling you right now, we need more humility. That's really what this message is about today. We need humility. We need to quit thinking we're all that, and we're a gift to society. We are just humans. We're just flesh. There's nothing good about us. We're just humility, and we need to be able to admit it. I could be wrong. I dare say your life is a mess right now because you can't say those words. Whatever hell you're going through right now, whatever intensity you're going through, and what kind of stress you're going through, if you could ever release yourself from having to be superhuman and just be the human, let him be the God, you don't have to have it all together. You can be wrong. It's okay. Someone say it's okay. I can be wrong. I release you today in Jesus' name from not being able to say those words. I can be wrong. I can make a mistake. I can have a bad attitude still. I can confess it. I can get it right. I can be wrong. You, you want to create a revival of changing the world? Get out there and start telling folks with your suit on, I can be wrong too. Tell somebody at Thanksgiving, I can be wrong too. They don't expect that from you. They think as a Christian that you can do no wrong. But why don't you go tell them the truth? The truth is you still make mistakes too. You still have problems too. You still have a bad attitude also. You still have the tendency to look down your nose at people. We can be wrong. I hate being wrong, though, don't you? Do you know why I hate being wrong? Because there's these things called consequences. I hate consequences. I want to cover it up. I want to hide. I want to act like, I want to double down and act like I didn't do anything. You know, play it off. I like to play it off. Play it off. Just, no, I'm good. Nothing to see here. Keep moving. I hate being wrong. Well, it feels bad, especially as a Christian, especially as a pastor. That's the worst. It stinks being a human and a pastor. Because you want to you be right. Because you don't like the fact that when you're wrong, 
there's consequences and people don't trust you anymore. They don't know if they can believe in you anymore. And they're like, oh, he made a mistake. That's because we as Christians have told everybody we can't make them. We have built ourselves up on a pedestal so high that we fall. Woe to those who have pride because pride comes before a fall. You won't fall near as much if you'll stop having so much high pride. Stop thinking so much of yourself. We're just humans. We make mistakes. We don't get it all figured out all the time. Oh, it's tough when you're a Christian. It's tough when you're a leader. It's tough when you're the man of the house. Because you don't want to be wrong. But let me tell you about Satan. He's the accuser of the brethren. And Satan capitalizes on our mistakes. He echoes them all night long. Look at you, you made a mistake. Look at you, you made a mistake. Look at you, who do you think you are? Our our enemy, the devil, loves to make a mountain out of molehills, they say. He loves to take something little bitty and blow it up. That's why some of your marriages are struggling right now. Little bitty and blow it up. Because the devil wants to talk to you and tell you it's much greater than what it really is. Y'all, most of the things we struggle with are just little mistakes that get blown out of proportion. The truth is, today, we all make them because no one is perfect except Jesus Christ. Now, let me go a step further. Even, even if you're not sinning right now, you can still make a mistake. Whoa, what is that realm he's digging into? I thought it was just sin and no sin. No. You can, you can spill the red paint on your friend's new carpet. Is it a sin to trip and spill red paint and cost your best friend $1,000? Or cost you the drama or the anger and the, the conflict? It's not a sin to make a mistake like that. Because your heart did not mean to. So we make mistakes. You know the real sin is when you make a mistake that's not a sin and then try to cover it up? That's the sin. Now you're done sinned. I could be wrong. If you could carry yourself that way, you will protect yourself from sinning just by admitting that I don't get it right all the time. I make mistakes. Watch this, Matthew 6 and 9. Jesus taught us how to pray. He said, in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Will your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's teaching us how to pray. We're Christians. We pray. We're spiritual, right? Give us this day your daily bre- our daily bread. Oh, we need the bread. We pray. Forgive us our debts. We shouldn't have any debts. We're Christians. That doesn't fit there, does it? I'm perfect. That's the problem. We don't pray this way. We pray, Lord, give me a new car. Lord, give me more money. Lord, give me, give me, give me, give me. We don't pray, Lord, I messed up. It's supposed to be in our daily prayer. The words, I have debt that I've incurred. I have had trespasses that I have committed. There's things I've done wrong. It's supposed to be a part of our daily prayer. We're supposed to daily recognize the fact that we're human. And that's why I'm praying. I'm praying not because I'm perfect. I'm praying because I've got debt. Y'all, we're missing it. 
We don't, we don't keep it at the forefront of our memories that we are just humans. Let me keep going. Many Christians have good intentions. We have good hearts. We mean well. I believe that. But we get in debt sometimes. We're unwise sometimes. We offend people sometimes. Somebody say, I could be wrong. Paul taught Timothy and Titus. Let me just bring it personal today. In 1 Timothy 3 and 2, the bishop must be blameless. 1 Titus, or Titus 1 and 7, he said it again to Titus, a bishop must be blameless. It hits home today, doesn't it? The word bishop here just means church leader. That's what it means. That's what I am. I know that we call Bishop Stevens bishop. That's an honorary term. Technically, in the scripture, there's multiple words for pastor. Bishop's one of them. A bishop must be blameless. Why did it not say a bishop must be perfect? It's a different Greek word. Blameless, not perfect. Blameless, not perfect. What's the difference? See, the reason why I didn't say perfect, I'll just go ahead and, I'll go ahead and tell you. Some of you I don't know. You, I know I look good today. I, I make mistakes. I know some of you are like, no, pastor, stop. Get out of here. It's true. I'm sorry. Uh, if you need a letter of transfer, there's other churches that have perfect pastors down the road, and I can, I can help you to transfer if you need to, if it shocks you. But as a bishop, I'm supposed to be blameless. What does that mean? That means you're, you shouldn't have to blame me. I should have already blamed myself. You see, in leadership, the higher you go, the more you've got to look at yourself in the mirror and the more you've got to make sure you're right because nine times out of ten, nobody that you're trying to lead is going to be able to tell you you're wrong. That's why you can't even let it get that far. We have got to be quick to say we're sorry so that you don't get the chance to say you're angry, blameless. I can't blame him. He went ahead and did it. I can't blame him because he's the one that already said he can do better. He made a mistake. Y'all, this hits home to all of us. I'm not supposed to be perfect. I'm supposed to be a self-confessional man of God who admits when he's wrong, looks in the mirror and says, I can do better next time. I can fix that next time. I made a mistake. I'm not right. Aren't you glad today we don't have to be perfect, but we do need to make sure that we look in the mirror and say, I could be wrong. Even though I preach so long, even though I pastor a church, I could be wrong. This is why we've missed so many, we've lost so many ministers and men of God because they won't look in the mirror and say, I can be wrong. My church is big. I can be wrong. I pray all the time. I I can be wrong. Look how many people I love this week. I can be wrong. Blameless, not perfect. Deal with it quickly. Somebody say quickly. If you carry a spirit of humility, if you carry a spirit of I can be wrong with you, it will protect you from staying wrong. It'll keep you from becoming Judas. It could be me. I better get down and pray today. It could be me. I have capacity to do this. I got evil that I could be. I got to get down and pray today. I got to fast today. I know me. I know me. I got flesh. I know me. I get temper sometimes. I know me. Where's my Bible at? I better study this thing more. I know me. I could be wrong. Oh, God, listen to me. Forgive my debts. Forgive me quickly, Lord. I want to make sure I'm right. I could be wrong. Sadly, the higher up we go and the longer we're in church, the least we say, I could be wrong. 
our elders have great experience. They have a lot of time in prayer, but they can still be wrong. And I'm careful to say that. But it's the truth. You know, really the biggest problem with becoming an elder is that you think you don't make mistakes anymore because you are an elder. Don't ever let that spirit get a hold of you. Never let that spirit of seniority get a hold of you. It doesn't matter how long you've been living for the Lord. I can be wrong. And we've got to walk this way. Carry this. So, yeah, we can make mistakes and it not be a sin. We can do it. You can drop the paint and be an accident because your heart was not to hurt someone. It's a mistake, not a sin. It can happen, and you can still be wrong, and you can be a Christian and on your way to heaven. And we've just got to be able to say it quickly. I made a mistake. We have a wonderful church uh, lawnmower. It's amazing. We wanted to get a good one for our men who volunteer their time. has a lot of good springs on it. has a lot of potholes in the church. It's a very expensive machine. I think maybe $10,000. Very expensive. But we wanted the best for our men because they volunteer their time. And we're so proud of it. We've had it for a few years. Oh, about a year or two ago, uh, I noticed when I got on it to use it a little bit, help out, that the awning that's on top of it that's used to protect us from the sun is bent. And it's very expensive to fix these things. You all know how expensive it is to fix things. What's interesting is someone did it. Right now, some of y'all should be, is it I, Lord? Pastor, was it I? I don't know. Because they didn't come confess. I just, you know what? Not a big deal. We can fix it. But the big deal for me is that you didn't confess. We're Christians, y'all. Forget the cost. Forget the money. What about what's right? You think as a pastor, I would just be so mad at you because you cost us 500 bucks or 1000 bucks? Your soul matters more to me than that machine. You need to get up and man up and say, I ran into it. I hit the guide wire. That's probably what it was. There's these guide wires out there, and it's just at a perfect angle, and you drive up underneath it. You can't see where it's at because you're driving looking down at the grass. It was a simple mistake. You're not a sinner. You're not a bad guy or girl. I better leave that alone. (laughs) I could have said more, but I was about to say it probably was a woman. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. No, we, we live in Austin, and women are the same as men are here, so, you know. Except for when a pipe breaks or you need military. Anyways, we'll just go ahead and move on. Usually call a man out for stuff like that. Um, you can do a mistake. You can do something wrong, and, and, and it's okay. Just own up to it. Own up to it. Get that in your spirit. Hey, Pastor, I ran into this thing. I bent it. It's obviously bent, and I feel so bad. And I'm telling you, if we have the money, we're going to pay for it. I'm not going to ask it. You volunteered your time. If you want to go work extra and help pay for it, that's between you and Jesus. But, but get that in your spirit. Because you know what bothers me more than the machine getting broke? A sneaky person on our staff, on our team. Someone did it. That's not who we are. Just be honest. Just be open and say, I made a mistake. Did you know that you can praise God and not think that you're wrong? Because praise is all about how good he is. 
Did you know that you can live your entire walk with God, coming in this church, praising God, and never even see yourself in the mirror? Lord, you're great. Lord, you're good. I praise you. Oh, I shout for you. You're great. You're great. The problem is it's, it's, you need to look at yourself too. And that's why there's another word that we use when we come to church. We don't just praise him. We worship him. Do you know what worship is? 1 Corinthians 14, 25, give us a great indication of it, which is consistent through the scripture. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. So falling down on his face, he'll worship God and report that God is truly among you. Everybody say falling down on his face. Praise lifts him up. Worship lowers us down. You cannot even worship God if you can't look in the mirror and say, I'm wrong. Watch this, y'all. In the Old Testament, they would bring an animal of sacrifice. Do you know why they would bring it to worship? Because they were wrong. When you bring, when you come to church empty-handed, you're saying there's nothing I've done. You can't even worship without confession that I need God in my life. And in the Old Testament, they would bring an animal. It was like, come on, come on in here. What are you doing? What are you doing? I can be wrong. <laughs> what are you bringing that animal in there for? What are you trying to give that thing to God? Because I need him to cover me. I can be wrong. What are you doing there, my friend? You don't need to bring that. Oh, yes, I do. You don't understand. I got an attitude problem. I got issues. I ain't walking up in that house saying Jehovah is great without looking in the mirror first and recognizing I need his hand on my life. I need his forgiveness in my life. I need him to cover me. I'm going to come worship God, bow down before him, and I'm going to see myself. Worship is whenever you can admit you're not God. So you can come in church and lift your hand and you can enjoy the Hillsong music. And that's why a lot of churches in our, in our nation have great praise, but they don't have worship because you can't worship unless you're willing to say I'm wrong. Where are the worshipers at that must worship in spirit and in? Tell the truth. Tell the truth about who you are. Bow down before God and tell the truth that you're a sinner saved by grace. Bow down and look in the mirror and say, I don't deserve his goodness and mercy. Bow down and be honest with it. Stop just getting in the spirit and get some truth in there. You don't just need to go to church and praise him. You need to come to church and worship him and say, I am wrong. I don't do it all right, God. I need you to see me today and help me today. I can be wrong. Can't even really worship God if you're always saying, I'm good, I'm right, I'm fine. We have an appliance on the way and they keep calling me during my message. Trying to set up a delivery notice. It is super distracting. Get thee behind me, appliance store. James 5 and 16, watch this one. Confess your trespasses to one another. Oh, man. What's wrong with America? What's wrong with us? Right here today, right here, this jurisdiction, right here, this area code, right where I'm living at, the Bible says confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. Get it in your spirit. Hey, brother, I could be wrong. I mean, go ahead and cut the tree down, cook the crawfish, 
Go ahead and go bowling or throw axes. You're a man. Good job. But while you're throwing axes and while you're chopping down trees and you feel like a big man, say, brother, I made a mistake this week. Got a little rough with my wife this week. Got my words weren't right. Yeah, I'm, I, need, I need help. Will you help me? Confess your faults. Because that's the spirit of a Christian. We still have faults even though we walk with the Lord. Our families need to hear it. I was wrong. Our spouses need to hear it. I was wrong. Your, your spouses that are not in church need to hear you say it. If you are in church, you'd shock their socks off. I had a great service today. I just want to let you know I was wrong. Whoa, I'm the one that doesn't go to church. You're wrong? Oh, I still need Jesus. I still make mistakes, sweetheart. We, we, want, to, we want to lead the world out of sin, but we don't want to lead them by saying we're wrong. Can someone teach the world how to admit they're wrong? We act so tough to our family that's not in church. And we're going around telling them the truth and what, what, what we're doing right. What about admitting what we're not good at? I don't have it all together. If you want to win someone to God and your family, stop acting like you have it all together because you wear a dress or because you read the Bible or because you go to church or you have a pastor. We still make mistakes. We can still be wrong. And the world needs to be led out of sin and watch us confess to each other. They don't know how to do it. Our world does not know how to do it and survive. I'll go even further. Our world thinks that if you confess your wrongs, the church will crucify you. Let's bring him in here and show him it don't work like that. You can confess your wrong, and we can heal you, and we can lift you, and we can strengthen you, and we can bless you. It's reversed in the kingdom. The confessors get the blessings. The confessors get the blessings. The world thinks that we're going to step on you and kill you. That's what Rome does. That's what the hypocrites do. That's not not what the Christians do. Well, the world needs to repent. Are we? They don't even know how. Because we're around them, we think to win them, we've got to act perfect. I'm a Christian. This is the only way to win them is shine the light. This is part of shining the light. I could be wrong. Humility. Someone say humility. You don't have to preach this in other nations. you got to preach this here. Because we don't think we're wrong about anything. You can feel it in the atmosphere. You can cut it with a knife. It's so thick. People don't think they're wrong. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking, everybody knows America's messed up and everybody's hurt and offended by everybody, but yet no one's wrong. That doesn't add up mathematically. If we're all offended because someone hurt us, who's the hurting? Who's doing the hurting? Not me, someone else. Everybody's saying it's someone else doing it, and everybody's hurt. You know what that means? Half of us are lying. Is it I? Is it me? Our marriages need to hear it. Sweetheart, I was wrong. Our kids need to hear it. Children, I was wrong. Why are we afraid of saying it? We're afraid of getting kicked when we're down. I don't know about you. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid if I get up here, I'm like, look, y'all, I preach way too long Wednesday night. 
It was like 10 o'clock, and I was still preaching. Y'all got kids that were crying, ready to go to bed. I, I messed up. You know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid that if I confess that, some of you that don't have a right spirit will come get a knife and just turn it. It's like, hey, pastor, while the knife's in you and you're, you know, let's just twist it a little. Because I'm glad you're finally getting it. Do you realize the reason we won't confess is not because of the spiritual, but because of the carnal? We let carnal people tell us not to be Christians. When we all know the real Christians in the church will stand up with you and say, I respect you more for admitting you were wrong. The only way to gain credibility in the kingdom of God is to confess when you're wrong because we don't trust anybody in the church that acts like a Christian but can't say they're wrong. I know you and you know me. We got to stop expecting so much from each other. They walk by me at church and shake my hand. They're a human. They don't have to shake everybody's hand. Calm down. De-escalate. You've done it too. Your mind was on pizza. You were getting your kid rushed to the bathroom also. Y'all, we, we have such high expectations of people because we, we don't think that they're just human. Lord, help us. We think we're going to get kicked when we, when we say it. We think someone's going to say, I told you so. Boy, that make me want to fight somebody. When you start being all humble, you're like, hey, I made a mistake. And they're like, yeah, I told you so, you loser. I'm like, all right, look, so I was doing good. I was going to just pray with you. I was just about to take you to church and read the Bible, but now I'm about to kill you, all right? You hear me? You done crossed the line. I only got two cheeks, okay? But that's why we don't do it, Brother Jason. We're afraid somebody's going to kick us when we're, when we're already down. They say stuff like, you better be sorry. Okay, I forgive you again. Now it's my turn to forgive you. Okay, okay. You uh, now you're the sinner. All right. So okay, you better believe you're going to pay for it. I'm sorry. I'll pay for it. You better believe you will. Okay, I'm not paying for it now. <laughs> Forget you. You pay for it. That's exactly how it goes down. People really are mean when you give them a chance to be. Everybody's nice when you need something from them. But when you start to cut them, I'll cut you too. I got cutting in my spirit. I'll cut you. I'm sorry, I'll clean this up. You better believe I'll clean it up. And now, and in a hurry, quick like in a hurry, right? Now you're going to clean it up. I'm trying to do it right. I'm trying to be humble. I'm trying to make sure I say I'm sorry and you're going to rub it in my face. That's why we don't do it. And that would be a good lesson for all of us when someone's humble. Stop punching them in the face when they're already down. When somebody confesses to you, run around the church and shout and say, thank you, Lord. They could have hide. They could have hit it. They could have hit it. But instead, they're trying to do it the God way. They're trying to be humble about it. They're trying to confess their faults to you so they can be healed, not damaged. Boy, if we would celebrate people's confessions more, they'd do it more. Let that be the culture of our church. We can say we're wrong. A real Christian will never kick you when you're down. Hear me today. Jesus was more gentle with confessed sinners than religious hypocrites. I thank God that I worship and pray more than everyone here. He said, I ain't having nothing to do with you, hypocrite. But the sinner caught in the act of adultery, he got down on his knees there and began to draw on the dirt. And he said, I'm not condemning you. 
Jesus is so gentle with confessors. You know why you feel like your God's mad at you? Because you won't ever say you're wrong. You want to have a good walk with your God? Confess that you're a sinner. Confess you've made mistakes. It draws the mercies of God in. It draws the goodness of the Lord in. Confess you haven't done it right. And I'm telling you, the Lord will treat you good. He will give you mercies and grace. But when you bow up on him and act like you ain't done nothing wrong, he says, next. It's in the Bible. It's a pattern in Scripture. And too many of us have this air about us that we can't make mistakes, and the Lord just walks on by looking for someone who will confess they're wrong. It should be absolutely natural for Christians to be able to confess we're wrong because guess what? Here's a newsflash. Nobody knows what's wrong like we do. We are the people of right and wrong. That is, that is who we are. We're the people of truth. We're the people of righteousness. We know right and we know wrong, and this is the reason why we owe it to ourselves and the world to say, I'm wrong. Because we know we're wrong. We're not the people of deception. We're not the people that don't know. We're the people that know. We read the Bible. We pray to the God of truth. We know it all. And that's why it's easy for us to admit it. Because we actually know we're wrong. So we should naturally confess it. Because we know it more than anybody else does. You know who's never wrong? I'm about to close. You know who's never wrong? Jesus. People can be wrong and we make mistakes, but guess who never makes a mistake? Jesus. And it boggles my mind that we don't pray more to Jesus when he doesn't make mistakes. It blows my mind that we don't talk to him more since he's the only one that can do it perfect. It blows my mind that we can admit that Jesus is the only one that can do things right and we don't include him in every decision of our life. Pray without ceasing. Why? Because I, I could be wrong. But he is never wrong. If I connect to him in daily prayer and study of his word, guess what? I increase the odds that I won't be wrong. Because it won't be me talking, and it won't be me acting, and it won't be my spirit. It'll be his spirit. It'll be his words. And he doesn't make mistakes. He's perfect. How do we become perfect? We put on Christ. We walk with him daily. We walk in the spirit of Jesus. This is the only way for us to become above our mistakes, and that is to involve him every second of the day, every minute of the day, every day of the week, every week of the year. We've got to get the Lord involved because he's the only one that does not make a mistake. Until, until that, we will all fail, but he does not fail. Why are we not praying more, confessing that we're wrong? I know why people don't pray, because they think they're not wrong. 100%. It's only the people of humility that will actually pray, because people of humility admit they're wrong and they're in need of a Savior. People that wake up in the morning and say, I'm just a man, I'm just a woman, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Lord, you'll have to help me today. You're the perfect one. You're the one that makes no mistakes. You're the one that has the love for everybody. I can't do that in myself, but you can, Jesus. So I'm going to need you today, Lord. I need you, Lord. I can't do it. I'm going to fast. You know what I'm going to fast? Because my flesh wants to slap some people. 
So you know what? I'm going to not let my, my, my flesh ain't going to eat today. I'm going to tell you, flesh, you can't eat. You know why? Because I'm out of control. You know why we don't fast? Because we don't think we can make mistakes. People that fast, they're not more spiritual. They're just smart. They know their flesh will get a hold of them if they don't keep it under control. Well, he must be really spiritual. He fasts. No, he's really carnal probably. I fast because i got to keep this flesh under control. I get my Bible out because if I don't get the thoughts of God in my mind, my mind's going to go crazy. Do you know why we do what we do? Because we depend on him. We could be wrong without him. We will be wrong without him. We need him every second of the day to make it. We need the Lord. Y'all with me so far? I'm about to close out. Y'all with me? Y'all good? In our text today, we see Jesus prophesying to his 12 disciples that one of them will betray him. And they each begin to ask one by one, is it me? Jesus then adds more details and says, the one who shares this dip with me and this bread, you're the one I'm talking about today. And this leads us to believe that Judas refused to join his fellow disciples and friends when they began to say, am I the one that it could be? It leads us to believe that Jesus had to literally publicly call him out before he was willing to admit it. You see, when you, when you can't easily ask or admit if it's you, it's probably you. Y'all hear me? When it's hard for you to say it could be me, it's probably you. The harder it is for you to look in the mirror and confess that you have problems, the closer you are to becoming a Judas who could walk with the Lord for three years, see miracles, signs, and wonders, and betray him to the high priest. Take your money, your blood money, and go commit suicide. And I just felt something right there when I said that word suicide. What is suicide? It's a deep thing. It's a dark thing. But let me tell you what creates suicidal spirits. Stop confessing what your flaws are and not wanting to deal with them anymore. Suicide will creep in because you can only hold so much guilt. You can only carry so much weight, Brother Jason. You know what confession does? Confession makes me feel lighter. <sighs> Remember when you were a kid? Man, when I was a kid... <laughs> I used to hate it when my dad wasn't in town. He was going to whoop me when he got back in town. I used to hate that feeling of holding. Yes, Lord. I said, yeah. <laughs> it's not that kind of message, brother. <laughs> my dad whooped me. He whooped me. He whooped me. No, it's not that. And then he did it again <laughs> and again. <laughs> I could have preached like that. I used to hate it when my, when my dad would wait like that. And, and after my dad would whoop me, I would cry and cry. I'd be like, Dad, I'm dying. I can't breathe. All that stuff. That put on the charades. My dad's like, whatever. You live. It's like you're 20,000th spanked and you're fine. And, and then why would I feel so good afterwards? It's like I felt like I was done. 
Another thing that would feel good is when you confess about something you've been hiding for a long time. Remember when you were a kid and you like stole something and it just ate on you and the preacher preached about it, you just felt it, and finally one day you were just like, all right, look, I stole the candy out of the jar. I feel so bad about it, Jesus. Isn't it weird how when you say it, before you know you're probably going to get a whooping, but you just all of a sudden feel like, <sighs> you know why, you, why that works that way? Because you weren't built to carry sin and mistake. This is why Jesus had to take it. I'm going to tell you how bad sin is when you won't deal with it. It can crush a God. Jesus in the garden saying, I can't, I can't, I can't carry. Let this cup pass from me. You were not built to carry all of that drama. You were built to confess it and put it on Jesus. I can't do this. He can't. I make mistakes, but he doesn't. Somebody say, it doesn't have to be me. If you will get it in your heart today, young people, elders, everybody in between, get it in your heart today to live this way. It could be me. It will protect you from it ever becoming you. You got to know yourself. Know your weakness. Some of you can't go order milk at a bar. Some of you can't get on a computer late at night. You've got to know you. Not because you're weak, because I could be the one. There's one thing that happened to me when I woke up this morning that I want to leave you with today. And that is when I woke up this morning, going through my routine, checking a few things, make sure I don't miss anything for service, I checked my email, and I finally got a date for a procedure my neck doctors want me to have, and I've been doing some testing. They want me to get some specific injections in my neck that are in certain places that other doctors can't get, very special, very intricate, and they want to schedule me. And I've been waiting on that date to come up so I could hurry and get it on the calendar. Unfortunately, I... Uh, I got up this morning, and I looked up my email, but the Dante in it, it said June 29th, and that's three months away. And the first thing I thought was, and I'll be honest with you, I have to wait. I almost told the Lord this, almost kind of like angry. I thought, I got to wait three months more, Lord, before I get better. Almost like a complaint. And I knew what I was going to preach today. And this is so funny how God works. God spun it on me, and he said, what are you preaching about? I said, I could be wrong. He said, exactly. It may not be three months before you get better. He said, don't you tell me how long it's going to take before you get better. He said, it, you could be wrong. And I said, I'm sorry, Lord. Who am I to say when I'll get better? Who am I to say when I'll be healed? In fact, I'm not just wrong about me. There's a lot of times I'm wrong about him. Jesus, you're late. Lazarus has been dead four days. You messed up. He stinks by now. You could have been here. He's dead. He's gone. It's over. Jesus said, you could be wrong. 
Is anybody glad sometimes we're wrong about him? Is anybody glad there's times we called it and we said, God, it's over? And he looked at us and said, who do you think you are? I'm the one that raises the dead. I'm the one that sets the calendars. I'm the one that knows it all. You are just a human, and you could be wrong about it. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. But I got a closing for you. The Holy Ghost changed my altar call today. And that's he wanted me to minister to someone and tell you whatever you're going through right now that you've predicted your destiny of failure, you could be wrong. I know I'm going to challenge somebody's pride right now. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how long you've been living this life. I don't care what you think you know about conspiracy theories and God and government. You can be wrong, sir. You can be wrong about God. You can be wrong about your destiny. You can have already marked it all up and said, I'll never make it. I'll never be it. I'll never have it. And you can miss it. Who do we think we are telling God what we will have or what we will not have? I can be wrong. Is anybody glad that we can be wrong about the things we thought God would never do? Is anyone glad when it's four days late and you think he won't come, but he comes and he resurrects Lazarus and he gets everything to be okay again? Aren't you glad that you can be wrong about him? We've got to stop telling the Lord what's going to happen as if we're the God. And sometimes when we pray, we got to say, Lord, now, this is where my faith's at, but I've been wrong before about you. How many thought you'd be dead by now, but you were wrong? How many thought you'd still be on drugs, but you were wrong? How many, some of y'all thought you'd never get married, but you did? Some of you thought you'd never have a kid, but you did. Some of you thought it would never happen. You'd never change. You'd never get out of the darkness, never get suicidal thoughts to go, but it did. You were wrong. What else could you be wrong about today? What could the Lord be wanting to do in this service that you have predicted and demanded that there's no way that will happen? I've come to tell you, be the human today. You can be wrong today. You could be wrong today. Today could be your destiny to have a change. You could be wrong today. I could be wrong today. But he's never wrong. He's always right. Always right on time. Stop the pride in Jesus' name. What do you really know? What do I really know? As much as I think I know, I really know nothing. They say the older you get, the less you know. That's because the older you get, the more you realize God's in charge. Not me. I can be wrong, but not him. He's never wrong. My prayer today for our church, for our guests, is that we could, we could come up here and pray and say, I can be wrong. To where you go back to your spouse and get in the car and say, sweetheart, don't kick me. I can be wrong. Next week when there's nobody around and it's just you, you're at your job and you make a mistake, you're scared of getting fired, don't be afraid. Walk up to your boss and say, I know better. I'm a Christian and I know better and I'm wrong. And I've asked my God to forgive me, and I'm hoping you will too. We have the capacity to be wrong. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands together in this place. Let's, let's trust the Lord to talk to us for a few moments. Above all, Lord, I, I'm, I'm hoping somebody in this place today will say, I, I can make mistakes. 
I can be wrong. Can we have a can we have some time of humility today? In a crazy prideful world, can we just stop? Can we stop for a few moments a day? Find a place for us to re recommit to God and just get it in our hearts that we don't have it all together. It doesn't matter what I think I know, my money or no money, I can be wrong. It'll fix our family problems and our drama and our hate in this world. We can be wrong. We, yes, Christians can be wrong. I can get bad attitudes. I can make mistakes. I can trip up. I can hurt someone and not mean to. And I don't want to. And I want to confess it openly. I want to get a brother around me and say it. I want to quit being the only one in the room that sees myself as perfect. I want to be able to say it in conversation. You know what? I make mistakes. I don't do it all right. I need to work on this. God bring humility to our lives it's what's missing in the world is humility I respect men who can say I think I messed up I respect women who say I think I messed up I think I've called it wrong. I think I've predicted too early. Who do I think I am? The Lord is the Lord and not me. I'm just a human. I'm nothing but dust. But he doesn't make mistakes. I'm going to go before the Lord today in prayer. And God's going to speak. And God's going to talk to me. And God's going to talk through me. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray for humility. Help me, God, not be afraid of saying those words. Help me not be afraid of admitting I can be wrong. I have the capacity to be wrong. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you pray with me today for a few moments? Our worship team's going to sing for a little bit. I hope that you can have some humility right now. I'm telling you, God will do a work in your family and your life. If you're a husband and you want to have submission in your home, admit, I can be wrong. I can. I'm just a man. I I'm a flawed man. I'm a broken man. I can be wrong. We've got people in this church, you're, you're leaders, but God wants more for you, but you won't ever say what you've done wrong. You won't look introspectively and admit it. And God cannot promote people that can't look in the mirror. The strongest among us have got to repent and sit down before the Lord and worship. This is worship, church. This is worship. This is worship. The Holy Ghost moves deeper in worship than He does in praise. God, God moves according to our sacrifice. I need the Lord today. I bow down before you, Lord. I need you today, Jesus. I bow before you, Lord. I bow before you, Lord. I get down before you, Lord. Come on, I know that we're Americans. I know that we get prideful, but it's good for us every now and then to just live a life, to get down before the Lord and say, I, I, I make mistakes. I know I do wrong. I say the wrong things. I get attitudes. I don't want to carry that pride. I don't want to do that. I, it's okay. It's okay for me to make a mistake. My heart means well. I'm pure-hearted. I just don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to do anything wrong, God. Oh, forgive me, Jesus. I worship you. I lower myself down before your presence, God. It's not about me. It's not about me. No, it's about you, Jesus. You're the perfect God. You're the only one. You're the only perfect one, Jesus. Oh, I bow down before you, Father. I worship you. God, give us a spirit of humility in our church. God, give us a spirit of confession in our church. From friend